Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. I am Jeremy Warner going solo. We tried to get Piper live from Evanston, but for whatever reason, the Wi-Fi was not working uh, there. But I, I have a drink for me. It's after eh, 11, almost midnight. Uh, so it's Illini Enquirer after dark. Had a drink with me because this isn't a tough Illinois team to watch. You, you, you need a drink to watch this Illinois basketball team right now as they fall to 0-3 to start Big Ten play with a 73-60 loss at Northwestern. This one felt like it was starting to tilt in Illinois' favor at one point as they take a 37-33 lead. And then Sincere Harris has the technical um, and everything just fell apart really after that. And this is a team that right now has no answers, uh, is struggling to find leadership, is struggling to find any kind of cohesion, and it's clear Brad Underwood is struggling to get through to his team. So, yes, Illinois now with really – hasn't played a really good game since probably Texas, uh, which fell on top of the world after that game. You felt like this team could accomplish a lot. Whether it was a Big Ten title or not, you felt like this team could be the team to, to get into the Sweet 16, but that that feels like shouldn't even be talking about that at this time. Um, after the losses that we've seen, this is a, a third double-digit loss to a Power 5 team, a uh, high-major team in, in a row for Illinois, um, and it just feels like, what is this team? Who's the leader? What what are they trying to do offensively? What are they trying to do defensively? And Brad Underwood is clearly desperate, um, given that they've changed their offense, given that they've changed their defense. But it's jarring. It's jarring how much this team has, has changed in the last month. Because even if they got down like they did in this game again, they found a way to get back. There was a toughness to them uh, against UCLA, against Virginia, against Texas when they got down like that. Um, they found a way to to claw back into the game. And, and whatever's happened over the last month, it's clear this, this team is, is not cohesive. Uh, it's clear this team is lacking leadership. It's clear this team is is kind of rudderless right now. And that that's really concerning. Uh 0-3 to start Big Ten play since 2019 and this team is far more talented than that 2019 team that that Brad Underwood had. Uh Brad keeps talking about his team being young, which is partly true. But right now what you're concerned most about I think is veterans. Because I think we expected Sky Clark to be up and down, and it's been more down against the high major opponents recently. He's certainly not playing like a top 40 prospect. You see what Bryce Sensabaugh is doing. You see what some of these other top talents are doing in the Big Ten. Uh, but Jaden Epps is playing pretty well. Uh, it can be up and down. Like tonight, the first half was great for Jaden Epps. Second half wasn't. But you needed your veterans to be very good. And Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins, yes, they did look like NBA draft picks for the first month of the season. That wasn't an illusion. We didn't talk about that for no reason um, because we saw it. We saw what Terrence Shannon could be, and and we didn't expect him to hit 8 of 9 from 3 every game like he did against UCLA. But you expected him to be a go-to player like he was. You expected him to be um, 
just better. The best player in the court tonight, he got outplayed by Chase Audige. Not that Terry Shannon didn't do some good things tonight. Um, you know, nine points is not enough for your alpha, uh, if he is that. But he had seven assists. I loved when he attacked the rim. But Chase Audige outplayed him. 21 points for Chase Audige. Terry Shannon wasn't able to, to slow him down. And Coleman Hawkins is in a rut, man. Um, during his last three high major games, Hawkins is averaging 6.7 points, 6 rebounds, 0.3 blocks. The change in him has been jarring. Uh, the last month, he has just not played at the level Illinois needs. I do think he's very talented. I think he's got an NBA potential, and we saw that. that that's the frustrating thing about this team is you, you saw this. I think Coleman Hawkins is kind of the epitome of it, is you saw a player against Syracuse. You saw a player even against UCLA uh, at times that – that could be just a difference maker, even if he wasn't scoring. And he just hasn't been that. He's just not confident, and, and this team needs more out of him. And, and that just forces you to ride the Matthew Meyer roller coaster, right? Like, Matthew Meyer can score. Uh, they need that. They need those points. He can make an impact defensively. That's positive at times. He, he had a bunch of rebounds and a bunch of blocks tonight. Uh, but then you see how it goes haywire. When, when he's just launching these step-back isolation attempts that, you know, might look good for his NBA reel if they go in, but don't look good for your team and don't help your team. Uh, and then defensively to get caught up in that screen and, and kind of get caught sleeping, as Robbie Hummel said, um, and then to have these turnovers and have these fouls, like he, he helps you at times and he kills you at times. And then, of course, you have the young guys, Sincere Harris and all of that, but it all adds up to a team that what can you count on? What can you count on with this team? And I think what you can count on is Dane Danger can give you eight and eight night. Um, you know, Dane was was fine tonight. He was pretty good at times. I thought his drop coverage and defense was was fantastic. He can get you some buckets around the rim. Uh, can't get to the foul line um, because that doesn't usually end up very well. And Jay Neps is consistently aggressive. I, I think those, <laughs> if I would have told you before the season, Dane Danger and Jade Neps are the most consistent things you have in early January. That would be a problem. That would be a real problem. Because as much as those guys have moments, uh, those got to be your role players. And Illinois stars just are not producing enough. And I'm probably diving into this too much nitty-gritty about this game. And we'll get into more here. But R.J. Melendez, man, has, has been – I hate saying this, but we, we have to because it's just factual. Like, the last four games since he had that shoulder injury that seems to affect him, Brad Underwood's called it a bruise, he's been a zero – Really, And this is a guy that needed to be a key role player for you. During the last four games, Melendez has seven points, and he's one for 14 from three. All of these guys that you were counting on, the guys you needed to count on every game, aren't playing well. These aren't. Terrence Shannon's playing more like a role player than your alpha, your star, your NBA draft pick. Um, you know, Matthew Meyer at times can look pretty good. As I said, at other times it doesn't. Coleman Hawkins is not playing uh, up to his capability, and R.J. Melendez certainly isn't doing that. And then you deal with freshmen, Sincere Harris. Bad game tonight. Uh, his energy affected him negatively with that technical that kind of maybe turned the tide, but four fouls in six minutes at one point. Sky Clark is not producing like a top 40 prospect. He returns to action, which is good tonight. Um from that shoulder injury, but he was a team worst minus 16 in the plus minus. 
And for Illinois, the panic meter has to be really high. Panic meter has to be really high. There's so much time. And Bruce Weber in the BTM postgame was trying to do his best to calm Illinois fans down. And even me, after an 0-2 start in Big Ten play, I'm like, hey, Brad Underwood has figured out these things in the past. I think this is one of Brad's biggest challenges right now because you don't have an I.O. You don't have a, Kyle, a Kofi Coburn. that You just know what you're going to get night in and night out. This team doesn't have that. And this team just doesn't have the time together. And the fact that Brad Underwood is is changing everything offensively and defensively tells you he doesn't know what he can count on yet and that he's in a bit of panic mode. Um, so if you're telling me, you know, a month ago I would have said, hey, can Illinois be a three seed? Can they be a two? They got the quality wins, and that's what they can count on right now. They got the quality wins. You got to win some Big Ten games here at some point, and you got to do it game by game. But man, do you feel confident about this team's confidence and energy and cohesiveness and just decision making? I will agree with this with Brad Underwood. I, I think the half court offense is or half court defense, excuse me, is really good when this team doesn't foul. When they don't foul, they were fantastic defensively in the first half. I think they didn't do anything offensively, but they were in the game because Dane Danger was phenomenal in drop coverage. I thought Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins' length was really impacting uh, shot attempts at the rim. Boo Booey missed his first 10 shots of the game. But you know what Northwestern kept doing? You know, these numbers get inflated uh, late in the game because Illinois started fouling uh, with five minutes left to try and prolong this game. But Northwestern was at one point was like 19 of 22 from the free throw line, and Illinois was three of six. That told you which team was aggressive, which team was taking the ball to the hoop, which team was trying to create off the bounce, get the ball to the lane. It was Northwestern. They shot 32% in this game, and they won. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. They even have that many assists. 11 assists on 17 field goals. Like, made 17 field goals. I didn't think they were great offensively. They just got fouled. And, and a lot of these were Illinois fouls. I, I Talk about, the, I don't think the refs are a part of this game. A couple calls, whatever. But you can't have a 26-point discrepancy at the free throw line. And again, I know that got inflated late. But as, as that run started, that 22-2 to two run, it was mostly free throws. They had three-pointers. They, they got hot. Illinois made a couple errors. Going under screens against Chase Audis. She was feeling hot. Can't do it. Can't do it. But otherwise, offensively or, or defensively, I thought they were pretty good for, for most of this game, uh, except for the fouling. Also, the turnovers. Northwestern had 22, turnover, or 22 points off Illinois' 15 turnovers. This is a consistent theme with this team. They turn the ball over, and they're just live ball, top-of-the-offense turnovers that often lead to points. What was it? Missouri had 33 points on 17 Illinois turnovers. Like, almost two points per turnover. One-and-a-half points to two points per turnover these teams are averaging. Like, that can't happen. But it's consistently happening with this team. They're, They're bad at it. They're eleventh in the or twelfth in the Big Ten in turnover percentage right now. They're fourteenth in free throw attempts by uh, opponents. 
14th in free throw percentage by opponents and opponents uh, 14th in steal percentage for opponents. So turnovers and free throws and fouling is, is what's killing this defense. And then offensively, they're just a mess. They're, they're just an absolute mess. You could really use a point guard right now that can consistently break down a defense. You're counting on Terrence Shannon to do it, and Northwestern did a phenomenal job of taking off his left hand, and that's something he certainly has to work on uh, for the next level. You saw one drive, and Robbie Humble mentioned it. Robbie does such a good job on these games. Went right hand, easy dunk. Right? It was it was kind of a, a scouting reporter, not to help for him, but uh, took his right hand, and, and good things happen. He, and I'll give Terrence this. A seven assists tonight was really good. Uh, he, he broke down the defense at times and was able to get open shots for his teammates. He should have gotten more because Illinois was eight for 28 from three. They're not a good shooting team. Outside of Matthew Meyer and, and Jade Neps, who was one for five tonight, they're not getting any shooting from R.J. Melendez or Sky Clark. Um, we know Sincere Harris is not a great shooter. Terrence was two for four tonight, uh, made both those in the second half. Coleman, two of six, made both most of those late. So, it's not a good shooting team. Brad Underwood continues to say it is, uh, but in the games, it's not. And I think part of that is shot selection. Matthew Meyer could probably be a 50% three-point shooter if he didn't shoot so many step-back attempts like he is. Um, so, yeah, this is, this is a real concern point for Illinois. I'm not going to say it otherwise because this team is, is tough to watch. It's really tough to watch. And I do. I I think we all expected at some point this team to have the ups and downs, but it's downs right now. Like, is there any game you feel good about outside of Texas since the start of December? No. Like UCLA and Virginia feels like a completely different team, and that's that's the interesting part. Is what do you think of what Brad Underwood does with this team? Because Watch him from the sidelines. Like, I think coming out of timeouts, this team runs good stuff, and they seem to score. But he's trying to run more sets. He's trying to run the spread offense now. I mean, they spent all offseason kind of working uh, on a different offense, on a different defense, and then he has to scrap it and try and redo this thing on the fly. Probably is not going to go well, and I think we're, we're seeing some of that right now. I think Brad can coach. I know there's so many people tweeting at me, so many people commenting uh, on the YouTube page. He's come back from from an 0-6 start at Oklahoma State to lead him in the NCAA tournament. He's come back from rough midseason things earlier in his Illinois tenure to lead him to the NCAA tournament, to have these huge runs during Big Ten play. But they've missed a huge opportunity. Uh, Maryland on the road, they're better than we thought, I think. They were better at that time, at least. That, that was always going to be a tough game. But Penn State at home, you got to win. And that's a good Penn State team. They're an old Penn State team. you got to win that game. They lost by 14, whatever it was. Um, and then this one at Northwestern. You've won eight straight against them. They're an old Northwestern team. They're certainly a little spunkier than previous Chris Collins teams have been over the last five years or so. It's a game you got to win. You have half the fan base, at least tonight, was was orange. And you're the more talented team, man. You're the far more talented team. So I think this is this is Brad Underwood, uh, one of his biggest challenges since this program has got good. He's, he moved mountains for this program to get them to where they are now. 
but he doesn't seem to have answers. Offensively, defensively, leadership-wise. And I think the thing that's going to hang over all of this is this is a portal team. This is a portal team. Okay? Like, Terrence Shannon has never had to do this role. Matthew Meyer is making good NIL. How inv- you know how invested are these guys that are kind of one and dones? You know that's the hard part about some of this portal. And like, if Matthew Meyer has some bad stretches, or Terrence Shannon has some bad stretches, can you sit him? I mean, Shannon played thirty three minutes tonight. Meyer played thirty. Hard to sit those guys. So they're most talented. Uh, we know what they can do offensively. Um, Coleman Hawkins, you got to rely on him, right? But he's never played this role. R.J. Melendez, you're counting on to take a huge step. Um, and then you got a bunch of young guys, and, and and this team's playing like a team that is what seven newcomers, and Ty Rogers is played two minutes tonight. Sky Clark not playing to the level you thought he would. Colvin Hawkins not playing to the level you thought he would. R.J. Melendez not. Terrence Shannon not being as good as he was early in the season. Then Matthew Meyer just being a roller coaster. It's uh, I just don't know what you can count on with this team other than. Right now, they seem to lack the energy and intensity of the other team. You saw it for a glimpse at the beginning of the second half. And I thought, okay, maybe that's a moment. You saw Shannon playing extremely well. Matthew Meyer made some big shots. Um, and he, it, defensively, you're really locked in. I'm like, oh, maybe maybe they flipped the switch there. Because what I saw to Shannon, and that's why this is so frustrating, you see these teases of it. And then it just went away. And when it gets bad, it gets really, really bad for this team. So I, I don't have answers, but I'm bringing this up not to, like, dunk on anyone, but, like, when Derek wrote, Derek Piper wrote, the vibe is off with this team, when you have Brad Underwood quick and pulling a quick trigger after the Penn State game of saying, going off in the press conference, like, he pulled that lever that early in the season. I thought that was notable. And then have Matthew Meyer come out after a win in which he played well and to, to just say, you know, I'm not happy right now about what's happening. Me and Underwood disagree about this stuff. Like, the vibe was just off. And it's kind of continued that way with the the embarrassing effort against Missouri and then to lose at Northwestern and for them to say, little brother, like, hey, calm down. You lost eight straight going into this one. But they should be excited about that win because looks like Chris Collins might have life again. But it comes at the expense of an in Illinois team that looked like a top 15 team in the country, potential top 10 team in the country just a month ago. So I'll get to some of your questions, uh, your comments here uh, coming up. Some of these, some of these just talking about Underwood. Um, let's not ignore three years. Uh, let's not ignore really good talent accrual, but uh, talent accrual does not always lead to, to really good rosters. But uh, I do think one of the comment I did see that uh, somebody said is, who would have thought we'd be looking to Illinois women's basketball tomorrow for to, to watch good basketball and, and to feel good about the program? Yeah, shout out Shauna Green, man. I love watching them. And, and the, the, the stark difference between these teams, that's a new team. That's a bunch of transfers. That's uh, some young players. But you got Makaira Cook and Genesis Bryant coming in with Kendall Bostic and Adalia McKenzie and – you know, Bryn Shoup Hill, a transfer, and they just play extremely well together. Extremely well together. And we saw it at points with Illinois men's basketball at certain times. 
but just the cohesiveness of that team. It's a shout out to Shauna Green and, and shout out to those players about how they play together. They play for each other. And in one comment, Brad Underwood kept saying about his team after this game, you started to hear him say it the last couple of weeks is we have to play for us, not me. And, you know, guys hunting certain shots, guys worried about their funk instead of what they can do to help the team. And that's why I think you look at guys like Sincere Harris and Jade Knapps at times, uh, and, and Dane Danger is kind of the consistencies of it. Like, Coleman seems to be in his head about his own game when, man, when he was playing free at the end of the game, like, you can do that the first 35 minutes. Like, be aggressive, play like you got nothing to lose, uh, and play like the great player you are. Uh, and Terrence Shannon at times, yeah, just just be aggressive. I'd rather him make mistakes out of aggression rather than just kind of sitting back. I'd rather him – I think with him it's get that voice out there because when things are going wrong, you got to turn to somebody, and I, th- I think it's Terrence Shannon. Uh, but he's never done it before. So let's get to some of your com- comments. Dominic said Sky Clark isn't a high major point guard. There are reasons Kentucky cut him. Uh, he's off to a bad start. He's off to a bad start. He certainly has talent. I think he needs to use his body better when, when he's attacking the rim, uh, but his shot certainly has not been there. I'm, I'm not going to give up on a talented freshman uh, just a couple months into his career. How many coaches have two All-Americans early in their tenure? Recruiting definitely not an issue. You guys talking about recruiting. Like, yeah, recruiting is is – not really an issue for Illinois. Um, I I do think it's interesting, you know, you go get transfers, you're trying to win right away. You're trying to keep that level. Like Illinois could have done a full rebuild here. Brad Underwood would have been given that grace, but it's hard to do that when you can go get a guy like Terrence Shannon. You can go get a guy uh, like Matthew Meyer at the end of this. Uh, St. Dominic's Rosary. Brad doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year. He's on the hot seat. Um it is It is time to start saying, is this an NCAA tournament team? I don't know. Got to win a lot of games. Got to win some Big Ten games, and I just don't know uh, how many more you can do. All right, Jack, over, under, 10.5 wins in conference. Last week I would have said over, now I'm going with the under. At this point, it's, it's hard, to, hard to feel confident in going in the over there. They still got some really winnable games, and again, I think this team is really talented, but hard to go the over at this moment like I, I don't even feel like I'd, I'd bet either way I guess I'd bet the under right now just because you're 0-3 and you'd have to win 11 of 17 this team hasn't shown the consistency to be able to do that so uh, I, w- I would do the under Dominic I do think Illinois is a must win game at home if they lose Saturday that season is over um, yeah if you want to start feeling good about your team uh, Wisconsin's 3-0 in the Big Ten play, and what do they do? They're just consistent at what they do. They play together. And that's why Brad Underwood's always talked about being a prep recruiting team. That's the benefit of it, right, is when you're a prep recruiting team, you grow together. Grow together. A guy like Stephen Crowell steps into a bigger role, but he knows what his role is alongside Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall. Um you get uh, Jordan Davis, who kind of has been a role player, played a little bit, but he steps into a bigger role with his brother going to the NBA or G League or whatever he's at now. Um, that's the benefit of it. This team has not done that. R.J. Melendez barely played last year. Like, we got to remember that. Coleman Hawkins played well the last month, but 
was kind of a fringe role player at, at one point last year. Crazy things have happened, Nate said. Don't think UCLA and Texas were flukes. Yeah, I don't think they were flukes because this team's talented. And and they showed more toughness, more urgency, more um, – I don't want to go John Gross in there, but just toughness and togetherness. Like, they found a way. Um, they found a way to battle back, but they did, be, they did bury themselves in some holes at some point. Um, do Jeremy, Jeremy and Derek start 20 minutes before? No, we were trying to connect with Derek, and, and it didn't work as well. So apologies for for just being me, because Derek would probably have way better basketball thoughts than I would. Uh, another one from Dominic. Man, you're on fire uh, in the chat. Epps and Clark aren't really point guards, though. Epps is a score. He doesn't create for anyone, and Clark can't really do either. I think they can be point guards. I think Sky Clark is a point guard in the modern sense. I think Jaden Epps is a combo guard, more of a scorer. But this is kind of the risk you took when you didn't have a transfer, when you didn't have a, a veteran uh, kind of running the point and getting a, a veteran point guard and going with the Sky Clark option, right? You hoped at some point it would pay off. Uh, we haven't seen that so far. Uh, going through some of your comments, uh, TM, this team feels like the sinking Titanic. They, they're stuck on the iceberg and their fate is determined. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I haven't seen I haven't seen signs of it turning around besides that little first five minutes of the second half against Northwestern. Missouri was one of the most embarrassing efforts I've seen from a talented team at Illinois. Um, just got crushed. Just got crushed in, in every aspect of that game. The focus wasn't there. The effort wasn't there. The energy wasn't there. The leadership wasn't there. It all just added up into one of the most disheartening losses of the Brad Underwood era, given the, the talent that you have, and then you followed it up with this, right? At some point, like, pride has to kick in, and leadership has to kick in, and it hasn't worked out. Doug Hawkins is a mess. He's certainly, man. I I don't want to say like broken, um, but he's looked so good against Syracuse. I know Syracuse isn't good, but I don't think Northwestern is that good. Um, he's such a key to everything this team does, offensively, defensively, and Brad Underwood mentioned we need him. We need him. So, like, one of my biggest points of order for Illinois is figuring out how to get Coleman Hawkins confident. And to me, it's not always – doesn't need to always shoot the ball, but shoot the ball confidently. And when you attack the rim, like, sometimes he gets five feet from the rim, and in, instead of just trying to, to power through, get to the free throw line, uh, attempt a layup, he's just kind of getting knocked back and kind of have a wild pass, and, and it goes for a turnover or whatever it is. I think he has – let me find the stat um, for Coleman. Uh, over the last four games, Hawkins has nine assists to 18 turnovers. Like, that should be reversed. He's such a high-usage player. It just feels like you – know, defensively, he did some good things today. Um, Viterla, bright spot was Dange on defense today. 
Yeah, I think it's completely switched of what Underwood wants to do defensively. He didn't see much five switching today, and you saw a lot of drop coverage with Dane Danger, and it was fantastic. He is he is I saw some discussion of Kofi Coburn on this chat, and Danger's defense is is far superior in the drop coverage to Kofi. But Kofi was such a large presence and a phenomenal rebounder. Uh, they kind of made up for it. But Danger's length and, and ability to alter shots uh, has been fantastic. I want to go back and kind of look at the film of what, and maybe Michael Tulip tomorrow will will break some of this down, but uh, I don't know how they went on a run with him on the court, but Illinois' players, Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon, when they all forced those three-point attempts uh, in ISO, like, Danger's got to get some touches. Work, Work your way in. Like, there's just no purpose at times offensively except when Shannon's attacking the rim or or Epps is attacking the rim. When they were doing that, they were getting open shots. And in the first half, I thought the shot quality for Illinois was far better than Northwestern. Northwestern only won today and got points offensively because Illinois kept fouling. And Chase Adige had a good game. Um, Sam, you were spot on preseason when you said the ceiling is very high, but the floor is very low. I don't think we coined that like this is this I thought this would be a roller coaster but I thought there'd be a win in here somewhere I thought there'd be a win at Missouri or Northwestern wouldn't surprise me if this team was one and two uh in to start Big Ten play or something like that but I thought I just thought there'd be wins like it's hard to I mean they've lost three straight high major games and four out of the last five haven't been very close so What adjustments Viterola can Brad make on offense at this point? I mean, he made his big one. Right? I think he just made his big adjustment going spread. I don't think this is the best team for the spread, but it's it's looked a little bit better ball movement-wise. I mean, they did have 13 assists tonight on 23 field goals. It's a little better than what they'd been before. They were having like a third of their field goals had assists. So to see 50% uh, after that um, is an improvement. But they're just not consistent with it. You know, they just kind of break off and do their own thing and dribble and just kind of stand around. Like I, I tweeted at Michael too, because he's talked all year about RJ Melendez getting some back cuts. And you saw the one beautiful one, Terrence Shannon, you know, the defense falls asleep, RJ Melendez back cut. And all of a sudden gets to the rim for an easy one. They need more of that. There's just too much standing around waiting for somebody else to do something. I think that's why Brad Underwood tried to do more of this spread, but too much, too often guys are playing, you know, kind of for themselves, looking for their own shot. Man, there's a lot of talk about <laughs> Brad Underwood hot seat. Um, I guess not. I guess not. I mean, Brad Underwood coached those guys. He recruited those guys. A lot of talk about Kofi Coburn. Yeah, Kofi Coburn was a generational talent. That's why, like, when I would always push back and go back to some of these podcasts. You know, people are talking about Kofi Coburn's the reason Brad Underwood won here. Of course, Brad Underwood recruited him. Brad Underwood built a system around him, changed his system around him. He doesn't get credit for that now because they're losing games. The talented team's losing. I, I don't subscribe to that. You can if you want, if that's how you want to place your anger. Uh, but, but Brad Underwood should get a lot of credit for the development of Kofi Coburn, how he built around him. Um, but all of the, what I was getting to, all of the discussion this offseason, this team's better without Kofi Coburn. I never 
Never believed in that. I thought they could be different. I thought they could be more versatile. Uh, but you get 20 and 10 every night out of Kofi. So you needed Coleman Hawkins to be his best self. You needed RJ Melendez to be his best self. You needed all these other things to work. And and what's interesting is Dane Danger is as good as better than any of us thought, I think. And he kind of gives you what Kofi did. And that's the best stuff you do. Um, seems to be through Dane Danger when Jaden Epps and Terrence Shannon have it going to the rim. All right. I think I'm about to wrap up because this is just a huge discussion uh, about Brad Underwood and your guys' feeling uh, about him. But, yeah, this team's this team right now is in trouble. It's in trouble. And, and I just haven't seen enough player-led leadership to think they can get out of it. And Luke Goody, I think, would really help. One, he can shoot. One, he's just a connector voice-wise. And I think he's a guy that on the court can be a leader that you need. But he's not the guy that's going to go get you a bucket. Um, right? I mean, he's just limited in that way. So I just I don't know if he's the answer. But I, I do wonder, you know, early in the season we had the discussion about should Jaden Epps start? I'm starting to think he should. I'm starting to think it. Because at least it just gives you consistent aggression. Defensively, he follows too much. He doesn't pass the ball as well as Sky or even Terrence Shannon at this point. But, you know, you go to Sincere Harris because he gives you that consistent energy and all of that. If I'm Brad Underwood, everything's on the table, but that's also kind of scary um, at this point that they're having to think of all of this. Here's, here's one more. Um, that will do. Jink says, blame the landscape of college ball. Blame the NCAA. I was texting with somebody right now. Um, NIL is real. The issues it can, it can bring up are real. Uh, you know, players know what other players make. Um, it's kind of a mercenary kind of thing as well. I mean, the transfer portal can be that because you're trying to, to help yourself. But this is a portal team. It is certainly a portal team. And... It's not been a team that's built around each other. It's been a team that's kind of come together to try and you know, help themselves and their NBA draft prospects. Um, you know, you got the freshman that came in because of what Brad Underwood has built, and they want to be part of that too. So uh, just the configuration of it, I just think it's Brad Underwood's biggest, um, biggest test since they started winning games, right? Because the first few years building that culture – but he had time, and he built that team around each other. Trent Frazier, Demonte Williams, Andres Feliz, Ayo Dzumu, then Kofi. They were here a while, and and they built it all together with Brad. Um, Brad's got players who had habits before he got here. He's got players who were untested, like Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez, and then a bunch of freshmen. And so far, we saw that can look pretty good uh, in late November and early December, but for the last month, it is not. So how he figures it out, I don't know. But there's talent here. That's for sure. But can it mix together? Can it coalesce to create a good team? Right now, it's not a good team. And right now, you have a matchup on Saturday between a undefeated first-place team in the Big Ten in Wisconsin. I believe they're undefeated. Or, or obviously a Big Ten contender. And then last place, Illinois. Didn't think we'd be here. Thought we'd have some ups and downs. Uh, it's been down for really the, the past month. Uh, 
Thank you for listening to the Online Choir Podcast. I don't know if I answered by myself uh, anything uh, that, that you wanted answered, but it's certainly a frustrating time for Illinois basketball. We're trying to get Derek Piper on this podcast. Sorry we couldn't do that tonight because uh, some technical issues up at Welsh Ryan Arena. Uh, but Michael Tulip will join us on the podcast tomorrow as well, and we'll get you far better analysis than I could give you by myself. But all of your concerns, all of your panic, I think is warranted at this point. There are 17 Big Ten games left. This team still has two of the best wins in the country right now, which you can lean on a little bit. Um, but certainly there's more issues in the short term than, than talking about the long-term prognosis of what this team will be uh, in March. But certainly right now, it does not look good. So thank you for listening to the Online Choir Podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, give us a follow on YouTube. Hit the like button. Uh, hit subscribe as well. And uh, check us out on Online Choir for all the latest on Illinois basketball, Illinois women's basketball, which has another big Big Ten game tomorrow, and Illinois football Check us out there. You can get the first month of VIP access for just $1. Until next time, everybody take care, and we'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.